don't do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know that I know. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Only Friends podcast. We are scrambling. We're late. We're a skeleton crew today. Joined as always by my man Conrad. What is popping? You know, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to say Conrad, but you did a, an incredible job hosting last week. Well, yes, thanks, you buddy. did. Yes, you did. I uh, I really appreciate the the change of pace that you're able to bring. It was fun to watch. It think, was fun to do. Yeah, I think uh, I think Fridays are going to be your day now. Right? <laughs> Sounds like a party. Well, I'm just saying. I got you. Just took a day off, right? He's, just, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what he's really trying to say is, guys, I'm not going to be here. That's what he's saying. Friday's now on. I mean, I gotta, I gotta work, man. You know, some oh of us, we, we gotta get God, out there and grind. Dude. We got that Friday show. Not this week, though. This, this week, uh, this week, we're gonna have five diamonds. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Friday actually probably would be because Friday would be day two. So oh, you already made day two. Well, I mean, you can still buy. <laughs> still buy, buy in day two. Yeah. <laughs> One way or another, I'm making day two. You know, you're not playing. I'm gonna play. Got me. Holy shit! What man? What? I'm gonna two buy-ins, bro. Holy shit! This is the only way to get back. it back. <laughs> I need to make back some cash game losses. The tourney pro now. No, I'll never be. All right. He's a tourney gambler now. I'm a gambler. That's yeah. me. I, I'm just trying to make one and run off to the sunset. Never to be seen again. Wow. I, I, can, I can relate. Good. Alan said, that is one hot t-shirt Berkey is wearing. That is one hot t-shirt that I'm wearing. And you know where you can get this? You can get this at the True Classic website. Today's episode is brought to you by True Classic. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about t-shirts. If you've ever tried to replace one of your favorite shirts, you know the whole experience is just bad. Most t-shirts are either too tight in the midsection or look way too big and boxy. It's time to go all in on True Classic. I'm not bluffing. This brand has the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get better fit at an affordable price. <laughs> what did it say? No, that's what it said. Oh. I, just, I, I glanced away and I missed my, uh, I missed my, my cue. Uh, we want to hook you up with some True Classic. Our listeners get access to the best deals they offer for a limited time only. Get 25% off with the code ONLYFRIENDS at trueclassic.com. Don't fold on your wardrobe. Say hello to True Classic. Genuinely speaking, um, these are very good fitting shirts. Like, I, I'm happy to have them. I wish it would have sent me more than three. So if you're out there, True Classic, I'm a customer now. <laughs> if they're out there, sure. of course they're well, I mean, you know, now that we have your ear bent a little... Send your boy, I, you know, I, didn't, I, I could use a couple white tees, you know, maybe a V-neck. I need all V-necks, actually. Let's try this polo out. I'm, I'm just saying, like... I mean, you can get a discount if you go to the website and use that OnlyFriends. That, that's true. I'm, uh, look, man, you work your side of the street, I'll work my side of the street, all right? I'm trying to, trying to get a little free merch here. Uh, also, don't forget, every Monday we have a new episode of Poker Out Loud out. Uh, so that came out yesterday. We didn't really have a chance to plug it, but... That's why I wore the shirt to remind you. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that, Brian. Uh, always on top of things, the little manager. Uh, right. I think Wabo has a clip of a tease for this week's episode. Re-raise to 80. Re-raise to 230. She calls. Heads up. The bet's one in the queue. Call. I just want to basically want to get max versus worst. I sent him the wrong one. That's for Instagram. 
I don't know how that happened. I do know how that happened. We were rushing. <laughs> we were rushing trying to be on late time. Actually, I, yeah. I, know, I know exactly what happened. I did not send him the wrong one. I sent him the right one. But it sent him to the Discord channel, and there were two downloads, and he just downloaded the first one. Oh, saw. yeah. Blame it on Guapo. Yep. Well, uh-huh. it, it's, I, it's... I lost the flip. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's my board. fault for not sending him the direct link, but I know, I'm basically saying I know what happened. It's so, all good. Anyway... You want to hear people talk about poker in real time and watch, uh, you know, poker out loud. Did did you win any hands in that episode? I think I won. I haven't won a hand since episode two. <laughs> no, it was an even. Wait, was this an even season? Yeah, this is this is season eight. You won. You win every even season. Yeah, it's you, the odd seasons that you pop off. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's like astrology, <laughs> numerology. <laughs> yeah, man, season one. Oh, did you get smashed? That wasn't even really me. That was tilted me. Yeah. We're going to release at some point season one as... Uh, I need that season to be released so that I can get in some good Yeah, games. I, th- I think oh, we're going to release season I one. I 25% of season one. Fuck. It's, uh, oh, my God. He lost, <laughs> he lost like 10K. There, there was a point where I think Nick Howard like ripped it pre with 10-7 suited versus him. Uh, yeah, Nick Howard played great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> It's the secret diet. So yeah, it's the secret diet. It's the secret diet. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that was post dog food, so he probably was owning you a little bit. Hey, hey. All right, we've hey, been we've been over this. Hey, if you guys are gonna watch sports hey, while the podcast hey. is going on, doing this is nonsense because they're not fucking watching it with you. No one knows what you're cheering about. I didn't even know what he was cheering about. I literally uh, didn't. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. Yankees 3 nothing. Yeah, this is unbe- Like I watched the first episode of the Ben Roethlisberger pot- podcast, and they were watching Monday Night Football while it was happening. It was awful. <laughs> it was so unbearable. He would stop mid-sentence and go, oh, oh that's a nice pet. It's like, bro, nobody's fucking watching this with you. And it's going to live forever on the internet. I'm going to watch this a year and a half later and have no clue. <laughs> Conrad, film in on what happened. <laughs> no, no. Three run, home run. No, 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 no. Let's get back to the topic. So uh, you were saying about Nick Howard? Yeah. <laughs> Man, for as good of a host as he was, he's the nut low as a guest. <laughs> guest? <laughs> Whatever you want to call him. Um, yeah, so Nick put out a tweet thread today talking about the last decade that he spent in uh in poker and it was it was a real real journey he's been on uh okay. in 2000 he just leads with in 2012 i ate dog food <laughs> bro so, i mean honestly like it really does speak to some of the low watermarks that uh you you can come across as a grinder but like there were a lot of very very uh reasonable responses no can we read that? what like wait you can't just stop there i used to eat dog food what else he say well what does it matter i mean no he ate dog <laughs> food. i need to know what the context of this dog food is like he was like, grinding micro steaks he had no money there was no he had no money to buy any food that was all the food that was in the house apparently right so he's saying that he had no money and he ate dog food because of it that's yeah. what he said it was his roommate because he was grinding it wasn't even his dog food. <laughs> it wasn't even his dog food bro so he borrowed dog food right he didn't want to spend a buy-in right. he didn't want to spend a buy-in on mcdonald's bro stop lying <laughs> this is full cat wait you're saying you don't believe that he ate dog food? no I don't believe it. Right I now? don't believe it. No, stop. This is full cap. Conrad, you ever eat dog food? Nah. <laughs> Conrad ain't eat dog food. 
Hell, what? Conrad, you ever played micro steaks? Conrad eats nice. No, he's never played <laughs> micro steaks or ate dog food. No, never played micro steaks. I gotta admit, some of my actually, some, some of my dogs, the, the treats, they smell really good. Yo, let me like, tell it's you like something. jerky. It's like the stop, dog food stop. jerky. It smells this is, delicious. This I've is never a ate Brian it, but I'm telling you. It's true. I'm telling you, I'm like, this smells really good. Yeah, this the dogs seem to like bro. it. I mean, between Brian and Berkey, if they have like some dog beef jerky, I can see them both eating it. I mean, there's human grade dog food. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's plenty of it. Mm -hmm. I can't take this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, he did not eat dog food. And if anyone out there needs, listen, there are food banks. There are all kinds of things you could do. You don't need to grind micros and eat dog food to make it. Like, you're going to be if fine. It was, it was like, like <laughs> canned dog food. Like the good, no way, can or like the the dry. If hard you're gonna eat dog kibbles. food, you definitely want kibble. You don't yeah. want elbow. Like the <laughs> fucking wet food is. Uh, get tuna. Here's the thing: okay. tuna in a can is sixty nine cents. Yeah. Like, why are we eating dog food? What I don't steaks understand. were these micros, bro? This had to be one cent, two cent. I don't know, man. I, I here. These stories are always weird to me because. Um, they're so riddled with survivorship bias, right? Like we're all survivorship bias. How do you not have headphones on, by the way? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I think I was following things well. Like I just don't talk when other people talk. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's fair. Uh, it is it is really for Conrad more than anyone. There's, there's headphones over on the other side. Um, I, th these like these stories of I started with a free roll and never never had to redeposit or. Um, you know, I was grinding micros and eating dog food, stay hard. Like I want it. It's just like, well, you made it because you're, you're talented mm -hmm. and you have the ability to kind of, uh, figure the game out in a way. And you're resilient. Obviously it speaks to resilience, of course, but it's not necessary. It's not ne it was unnecessary. That was the, the, uh, the, the main thing I took away from this. Like, like there's like. Someone in the comment, I don't know who said it, but they said that they're like, they're like, human food is cheaper than dog food. In a lot of instances, yes. Right? Right? Like, I mean, it's... Look, I, I grew up dirt fucking poor. food, but yeah. I grew up dirt poor not knowing where my next meal was going to come from, and there were plenty of days I went hungry. I've never eaten dog food. Did you have a dog? At times. Not always, <laughs> but like at times. Um, do my dogs have eaten human food oh, because it's cheaper yeah. than fucking buying dog food a lot You're of the right, time. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I mean... Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to be overly uh, critical of, of the threat. I get the point that he's trying to right, make. Exactly. It's speaking to resiliency and it's yeah. speaking to the ability to adapt and, and grind. And honestly, when I met Nick, um, you know, he was, he was kind of like right off of pivoting from getting burnt out studying game theory. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was really good timing because I think that he was kind of, he was kind of at that point that we all get to, and uh, you know, I think this is more true now than ever, where especially like now that the general knowledge of game theory has has increased so much, uh, where you just get to a point where you understand like, okay, like this is very good on a principle level, but it's not necessary uh, at the application level. I don't need to play theory optimal in every single spot because a, I'm human and I can't, and b, I'm playing against humans who are giving me a better uh, alt alternative. Right? They're offering me a way to make more money if I would just pay attention. And so Nick was like at that point in his study and I was already pretty heavy into exploits, but lacking a lot of fundamental uh, ability. So we kind of like, you know, met in the middle and 
like at that point in time, we both had like similar interests as far as like what it was that we were pursuing. But you know, that that's still just a, a byproduct of he him being a very intelligent individual who uh is able to articulate and speak to the the trouble points that he had along his path we all have this path that have been here for a long time right it's like well i struggled with this 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 and i overcame and it's like sure but like there's a lot of people who just didn't so we have so much bias what are you laughing at? yo i remember some wild story where it was like an academy that was going on and nick was just like in the back listening and then he's like you know what you know what about game theory? And he takes his hat off and he's like, you see this bald spot right here? Oh, yeah. That's from all the studying of game theory. You see this one right here? That's from all the... I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's what you get when you do thousands of hours of game theory. You become bald. <laughs> it's true too. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like male pattern baldness. It was like stress baldness where he yeah. was like losing his sideburns. Right. It was, it was wild to see. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember when I was, I was broke, uh, <laughs> Phil Collins, uh, USC Phildo online, was staying with us and crushing at the time, and I was just dead flat busted. And he was really, really, really high, <laughs> and goes, "I would give anything for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich." <laughs> like, define anything. He's like, "I'll give you a hundred dollars if you make me two PB and J's <laughs> and a glass of milk, gourmet PB and J's, best ones I've ever made in my yeah, life." Yeah, bet. Easiest hundo I've ever... Like, this is what you do, man. You know, you know how much fucking ramen and tuna I can buy for a hundred bucks? A lot. Ketchup Eat for too. a month. Yeah. Oh, ketchup, you just... Yeah, I'll give you a hundred bucks right now if you can make me a pb and I'm not poor. <laughs> <laughs> give me a thousand. A thousand <laughs> I was going to say, I'll go for two. My oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. My rate went up, man. My time's worth something now. You don't just get, get to have me do it. It doesn't take you that long. It doesn't got... matter. I know the store is no, nothing here, so actually, I can get you some stale bread, fifty bucks. <laughs> that bread's been down there for a long time, and it's it's still soft. I don't understand, dude. It's who God be. knows what's in that. Yeah, it's yeah. Got preservatives that are in this. Like, if you have a a loaf of bread sitting on the shelf for like a month and it's not moldy. You don't want to be eating. You don't want to be eating if it's moldy. But you I do want to be. I do want to talk about. Either. I do want to like kind of pull in the subject of, of survivorship bias though because there's a lot like most of the players that you see had to have some like of course there's a lot of players that are talented and, and, and things like that but there's also a lot of players that are talented that didn't make it because they ran really bad early on uh, in their career had to go get a job etc we, we've kind of like touched this subject before especially Jason Kuhn uh, talks a lot about this where it's like many of us a lot of good things happened early and it landed us in the position where yeah, and even if uh, even if good things didn't happen to you early, uh, good things happen to you after your failures, right? Like it's it's just imp it's a silly thing because it's such a catch twenty two where uh, the truth of the matter is that success for almost everybody is born out of variance and luck, right? So uh, <laughs> it's not to say like we put uh, we put a lot of weight into the tangibles and intangibles of a human being and saying like oh well, this person's dedicated and resilient and intelligent and all of these things it's like yes that's absolutely true and that is a byproduct of why they made it without those things they definitely don't make it but they're also lucky mm -hmm. because there's another person who's also resilient and intelligent and diligent and all of these things and they didn't make it yeah they're just on the negative side of variance in the beginning and they went broke and then they they pursued something right else. or even even neutral like in a in an industry like poker 
where uh the edges are so razor thin mm -hmm. you know you, you may experience no good or bad luck and it's not enough right. right like it's it's that's what i mean it's so difficult for us to actually understand how tangible a skill set even is in this <laughs> arena mm -hmm. um especially with how fast people are able to kind of learn the base baseline now that that could allow you to be a winner versus somebody who doesn't understand baseline strategy so yeah i mean like unfortunately uh because you don't want to you don't want to give people excuses for failures but you also just don't want to give too much of a pat on the ass for successes right it's it's just really critical to be relatively even keel because at the end of the day like the human nature of things is that uh we're not that unique you think, you think we're not people, that special uh professional poker players that are here today still think that they <laughs> ran good at the beginning of their career no no and and understandably so because really some i, I think i, I think, think you, i ran way above average yeah i like, think if i think when, if you step back and you think about it rationally like people would come could come to that conclusion uh yeah well i think it's easy for us to say but it's very flippant when we say it right like we say it because we're we're fine. It's very easy also to just be like, yeah, I worked really hard and I'm a crusher and I'm good at this game and that's why I'm, well, I have success. So that's why I'm saying it's easy for us to say that we got lucky because it's, it's, it's defaulted or uh, it's, it's afforded to us that it's believed that we worked really hard and uh, are good at this game, right? If you took that away, if you said, if you rephrase the question as, do you think the majority of the poker players who are still playing professionally now and are successful would agree that they got lucky early in their career and that was it there was no skill based at all it had nothing to do with their intelligence it was just pure luck and chance that they ever had a start in this industry i don't i think you get a lot more hard nose yeah for sure right and i Definitely. i understand why because when you look at that upper echelon of this of this industry there there's a lot of great intellect there yeah. right so the truth of the matter is that yes, it was variants that allowed them to succeed in this industry, but they were almost certain to succeed regardless. So the survivorship bias is specific to the path that they chose. The fact of the matter is, no matter what Ike pursued, he was probably going to be relatively elite at it, yeah. assuming it wasn't a physical endeavor. <laughs> I mean, that's not... Damn, dog, that's fucked up. That like, why, why are you gonna talk about him like that? We have probably developed oh, the next shit. bow flex, and you'll fuck you up. That's not a physical endeavor. I've uh, said, well, he'll do both. He'll develop the bow flex and then work on it. My, yeah. my point is not to slight him physically. It's just that clearly he's a big brain. It's like, a byproduct. Of wow, what my phone is literally blowing up. Sheesh, he just said that. <laughs> what is it? What the Berkshire? These are actual texts. These are not comments. <laughs> uh, All I'm saying, bro. Is, remember Ike with I'm the saying, hair? Can we get Ike with the hair? Like the long hair of the PCA. Oh, there it is. Oh, Our buddy yeah. was man. at that final table, John Ford. Mm -hmm. Oh, Ike with the hair was a legend, man. Wow, I love WNBA. Remember that? That was sick. That was his name online? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, no, all I'm saying is it's not that he couldn't be physically good at something. It's just that clearly his innate advantage is intellect. So, you know, whatever he pursues, science, uh, even the arts to some degree like Ice he's coming for your head bro don't try to take it back bro. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i got nothing else to say <laughs> i'm just fucking with you bro. jesus christ i you can do whatever you want man be a fucking astronaut he could have been an astronaut i'm yeah. sure 
that means you need to be physical no nah, it's different it, that that's like that's like saying you need to be like physical for a cop like it, oh damn well it's not that you don't it's just that there aren't like minimum requirements it's not like you have to be above five seven and you have to be under x amount of weight or uh the ability to run in a certain amount of, like everything that is physically required of these jobs are all attainable by almost everybody yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's just you. training got you um yeah i think firefighter though he can't do that why not oh go go Stop. he could be uh <laughs> i can't i can't not laugh every time fucking kale does it what? i love you kale shout out to kale he wow, says do do? ike's more physically gifted than me to be frank <laughs> <laughs> well i love you yeah that was a funny, he kale. told me a funny story um on like uh this summer where it was either Andrew Nemi or Brad Owen, and they went to like give him a high five, and he's like, "Nah, man, it happens all the time. Don't worry." Poor <laughs> <laughs> KL. I fucking love him, man. No, but he makes fun of it. No, yeah, I know, right. I know, right. I know. Twice uh, the best. Yeah, I think it, I think it is funny the way he leans into. He's humor. fucking great, dude. Um, I don't know what I was about to say. I lost my train of thought. Uh. I am doing a, uh, I guess not a podcast. It's a watch and comment. I don't, I don't know. It's a, a watch, watch party. party. Watch yeah. party. Yeah, hey, watch party. Yeah, watch party. Feels like a weird thing to say. When I think of watch parties, I think of like twenty women in a room watching wow. Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'd be there with you, with <laughs> with Lamana, with Lamana. <laughs> Uh, BravoCon, you just missed BravoCon. It's, it's a it's some rosé. It's the 2022 <laughs> version of a watch party where like people. It's the COVID version of a watch party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it's kind of changed the way people watch things together. They watch it in a group online. You used to do this shit all the time. I was ahead of my time. Nah, you guys don't know about this. Christian, Christian, whenever he had a girlfriend, anytime he had a girlfriend, his way of spending time with her would be to be in a different state or in a different place and sync up Netflix. To watch a movie together while yeah. texting. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. adorable. That's good. That's how I kept my relationships going. Then I could go play poker and not get in trouble. Yeah. It was fine. It worked out well. The, 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 you're ahead of the game. The chance. big brain. <laughs> how is DR Mama see that? <laughs> this is true. The, <laughs> the big brain version of this, Chin, would be to pick a movie that you've already seen. Just go play poker. And, wow. and text true. with her as you need. You're like, we're going to watch Rounders. You, yo, <laughs> you, 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 you big player over there. I see you. I'm just saying, nah, like, you I got all the moves. Well, uh, I'm not going to spend time alone watching a movie with somebody that I'm texting with. Like, Berkey's fucking playing 3D chess over there. He's yeah. Let's, <laughs> I'm trying to get this moving, you know, like I want to be at the gym, like getting texts like, oh yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Worm scumbag. <laughs> total, total scumbag. That worm. Uh -huh. Wait till you see what happened. Oh no, wait, I haven't seen this yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's crazy. Berkey's out there. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so I'm doing this watch party with uh, PokerGo today, No Gamble, No Future, uh, which apparently as a promo, they interviewed my former roommate, Brent Hanks, over. Oh, he said some shit about you. Oh, he said some shit. <laughs> Asked Matt before we sat down what it was like to live with one Brent Hanks. Is that right? I said, give me the 20 or 30 second version. He says, I give you the one word version. Disaster. Well, it wasn't my doing. That was all Burke. Well, you know, know he picked it. a fight every night with one of us. <laughs> he just refuses to be wrong. Ask me. Refuses to be wrong. Yo, time out, bro. Yo. 
Uh, we all love you, Burke, but he's a hundred percent right. Oh, he's not right. Right. He's yeah. not right. I don't know what the fuck you're talking he's about. He's a hundred percent right, bro. Nah. This, it, this is just this is your nature, man. This is mm -hmm. how you are. Like we love you for it. It's like we know that around eight p.m. you're gonna say something <laughs> controversial. We're not gonna be. We're gonna be like ah, Burke, maybe. And then you're like, what you mean? And then and then it begins. I, yeah. I will I will say that uh, there, especially in my <laughs> younger days, but even even now. Uh, when I've been thinking on an idea, I will, I will promote a discussion mm. <laughs> where I'm basically, I'm basically crowdsourcing it to my friends where they've put no thought into the topic and I've put a lot of thought this into it. This goes back to elementary school. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> like, no, this is true. So, I've been dealing with this shit my entire life. <laughs> so I'll bring something up like in an inquisitive manner, but I've already like really thought long and hard about the the debates on both sides. And the second somebody takes a position, I'm just looking to kind of go after it. Uh, yeah, I I think you get better that way. You yeah. know, it's how you steal man stuff. <laughs> I've been a witness to this when. Uh... With Andy. I was about to say, anytime... I mean, it's, it's so... Well, the Andy yeah. thing's been going for yeah, four anytime years. Anytime you and are so in a room crazy. together... They no, get no, 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 no. He, he's speaking specifically of the next and, oh. and path or oh, whatever. Right. Uh, th this is this has been a... Man, this is goes all the way back to Princeville, I think. Are we talking next Tuesday, this Tuesday? Yes. Okay. So, this, <laughs> to, to tell you guys... Oh, the, he's right. Who? Andy. <laughs> I agree. Okay. <laughs> I know this. I know this debate. I've heard it before. But go ahead. Go ahead. Bro. Okay, that's fine. Uh, we'll we'll let the audience decide. Uh, you're right, though. Technically, he is correct. Um, but you know, that's just the technicality. Oh my god. Uh, so the debate was th this had to be in like 2017 when the final season of Game of Thrones was supposed to come out, and uh, it was like October of 2017. We were watching football, and somebody said. Uh, yeah, so Game of Thrones was announced for April of 20, or, or, or to come out in, um, to come out next April. And I corrected them and I said, no, it's coming out April of 2019. So it was two Aprils away. And they said, yeah, next April. I think it was Andy, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, yeah, next April. I'm like, no, next would be the next coming April, which is April 2018. <laughs> and he goes, no, that's not how that works. That's this April. I'm like, no, this April is the April that just passed. He goes, that was last April. And I'm like, it is last April, but it's also this April. <laughs> and we got into this huge war over it. And I know technically speaking, he's correct, but that's just not in my experience, the way people use next. Uh, he basically said like, if you're referring to April of 2018, you would just say April. So it comes out in April, which is true. You would do that, but... You would also just say next April, like today's Tuesday. If I said, we're going to have a podcast next Tuesday, what day would you think that we're doing that on? A week the, from today. The next Tuesday. But that's because we know how you talk. <laughs> no, it's because that's, that's most common, I believe. Uh, and now all these examples keep popping up. So there was, a, there was a day where I was asking Jeff Platt if he could come on. Uh, and it was, it was a Monday. And I said, uh, so abiding by Andy's rules... I said, hey, are you free to come on the show? And uh, Jeff was like, oh, you know, I'm not free today. I'm not free tomorrow, but like I'm free anytime thereafter. I go, okay, cool. Are you free to come on Monday? And he goes, well, I told you I'm not free today. And I just screenshot it and I send it to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And he's like, what's your point? And I go, well, if I would have said next Monday, I'm pretty sure he would have been like, yeah, next week is fine. Right, but like you wouldn't call like you would tomorrow, just say Monday, next Wednesday. Right? 
No, so this is what... Oh, this is the asterisk exception? <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to understand, Andy is technically correct. So, of course, in order for us to have adopted something that is non-technically correct, there are unwritten rules. And Laman and I, we've, we've hashed this out. The unwritten rule is the halfway mark, mm-hmm. right? right? So, if you are... If you're three days away from something, then <laughs> that's this Wednesday. If no. you are more than three days away from something, this is why I'm not going to argue with this. Time out, bro. This is why I had to go to ESL because all you motherfuckers <laughs> had so many different rules and exceptions to the rules. Stop it, bro. Stop it, okay? Coño, que cosa? I mean, this this is this is what we do in the English language, man. We bastardize everything, like. The word guarantee, for example, oh. it used to mean that that 100% had backing behind it. Mm, doesn't mean that anymore. Uh, now mean it that. means whatever the fuck you want it to mean. Well, wishy-washy. Yeah. yeah, it could mean that there is a guarantee of 250000 in the prize pool, or it could just be a suggestion that, you know, we get to alter off of that day. A-plus transition, by the way. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's painful because I'm supposed to insert an ad here, but I couldn't miss that transition. So, uh, you know, while we move into what we're talking about, uh, there was a recent 250K guarantee for an $1,100 event, I believe, at Bellagio 5 Diamond. Uh, traditionally, the prelims have always done very poorly at Bellagio. Um, you know, it's just not a tournament house. They don't have enough tables. Uh, it's a cash game house, first and foremost, right? So it's very difficult for them to justify shutting down 40 or 50 cash games to run an event. And we even see this during the Five Diamond main where they struggle a lot with registration. Five Diamond's always popping off. It usually gets you know somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,000 runners. But uh, in the process of that happening, oftentimes late reg is like through the door. Like you might have an hour or two hour wait in order to get in because they just can't add enough tables. So, you know, with that said, the prelims just don't do well because they don't dedicate a lot of space to it. They don't dedicate, oh man, hiccup, sorry. They don't dedicate <laughs> a lot of advertising to it. Um, it's just never known as a place to travel for prelims. So you don't have people coming from the East Coast to play in 1100. You don't have the grinders, the mid-state guys, the people that the Venetian absolutely target, right? Instead, you get the high rollers. So they kind of leaned into that and they started just running more 10Ks and 15Ks. And even those fields haven't been doing great. I saw the PLO was a nine-handed field yesterday. Nine? Yeah. They just got a full table. You got to sit and go. Whatever. (laughs) Nine of the best of the best. And fucking Isaac Kempton wins it and goes on Twitter and says, you got to bring me fucking better. Yeah. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) Columbus came. Somehow Conrad was one of the nine. He (laughs) jumped right in. He got it popping. Of course, Osmond's got second. Well, let me give a little bit of how how it's... Laid out, right? So you have <clears throat> Bellagio is segregated into kind of sections uh, of cash games. So uh, the left side is kind of like the one three section. Then you have uh, five ten in the middle. Then you have like two five on this side, and then upstairs you have high stakes, and then Bobby's room in the back. So they've taken this like one three one three area and sort of like change that to where the tournaments are mm-hmm. um but what happens is when you don't have a lot of the a lot of players in the tournament they actually still keep some one three games there mm-hmm. so now you have like a 25k next to like a one three game and just like the room is still packed around it so it's like a really odd 
environment like i'm literally watching like carry cats play hands you know <laughs> and like someone else all in for like 50 bucks like it's crazy right now it's, it's pretty yeah I, I mean it's so weird because the Bellagio has changed so much like we used to be the young kids coming up playing 510 cap there where we had our nose pressed against the glass and bobby's were watching them play like 2k 4k limit and mm -hmm. big bet and shit like that um it, it is very different, but Bellagio has always been a cash house first and foremost. So uh, it's no shock to me that this guarantee wasn't going to get there, right? Like they need 200 people for, for this guarantee to, or 225 people, 250 people, whatever, for this to pop off. Like you're, you're talking about 30 tables. Yeah. They barely, they, they don't even have 30 tables dedicated to the event, right? So no shock that they decide to, to uh, pull this guarantee the day of. The problem is, is that this is just becoming commonplace, right? Mm -hmm. And now... Bellagio is one of the biggest uh, poker rooms in the world, right. right? Or at least one of the most notable. Most, most it, well known, for sure. Yeah, it, it does have that allure to it, like I mentioned, where, you know, when we would come to town before we lived here, that was the spot we would go grind. Because you, I'll never forget, uh, it was when Pete was out here. We were at Bellagio grinding and Pete was playing small or something. And he ran into um, Ming Lai in the in the like bar area and you know he was a fanboy at the time this is like 2008 ming know. the one with the hair back yeah okay. yeah yeah and he runs he runs into it he was like walking out of bobby's room or whatever and he runs into him and he goes ming ming like what what kind of advice do you have for me uh as, as like an up-and-coming grinder or whatever and he was just like how much money you have and pete was like uh you know, fifteen, twenty thousand. He goes, play ten, twenty. Put, put, put it on the line. <laughs> Get out there. Like, just, just do it all. Uh, and <laughs> he came up to me, like telling me, like Ming Lai's advice or whatever. I thought it was hilarious. Survivorship advice. <laughs> well, it's all, it's also hilarious if you know Ming because like he's just yeah. the biggest nit. He hits and runs like big games. We used to like, I mean, we would like really thwart him anytime he would come in Ivy's room and try to sit. He'd be like, oh, the seat open. We'd be like, nope. We're, like, we're just putting <laughs> chips all over the table. We're playing three-handed. Like, no seat for you, Ming. Sorry. Uh, this isn't going to happen. But, yeah, so. Is it, is it true um, the Blasio used to get, like, 500 players for a $2,500 satellite yeah. to play the 25K? Yeah. So, mm. it used oh, to be. Was like, they had the Fontana Christ. Lounge dedicated to MTTs. Fontana Lounge is. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, That's where the sports book is? No. No, no, it's it's next to Yellowtail, I think. Okay, okay. Um, I, I'm, it might be a cigar bar now. It, gotcha, I'm yeah. not sure what it I is, but it is. that whole lounge just used to be dedicated to uh, MTTs. Um, I don't think you're buzzing, Chin. We, uh, only you and I are buzzing. No, we would hear it. Okay. I don't think... I don't know. Uh, I mean, we would hear it for sure. We, we hear what goes out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that... Whenever that was the case, and they could dedicate so many tables and so much, uh, so many resources to the MTTs, the WPT was heavily leveraged by Bellagio. Also, remember back then, uh, WPT stopped at Bellagio three, four times a year. Really? Oh, uh, wait. They had Festival was... Lago. They had the Dual Brunson. This was way before. Uh, yeah, this is like 2010 to 15-ish. <clears throat> Actually, maybe before. I was in a factory somewhere. Too. Um, but yeah, they had Festival Lago. They had uh, Five Diamond, they had the Dual Brunson Classic, and then the WPT Championship. Uh, and I could be wrong in that maybe the WPT Championship was the Dual Brunson, but I don't think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure Dual Brunson was an open field event. In the WPT. Yeah, I think they were separate. 
Yeah, so four times a year they were coming to Bellagio. So this was a massive tournament. As far as like WPTs go, uh, Commerce and Bellagio were like... One every season. Looking at one every more. season. More. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So it was four every season at Bellagio. LAPC was the biggest 10K on earth at the time. Um, and then you had uh, Foxwoods would host... I think... I think whatever, whatever was it that... that uh that Antonio and Gus won at Foxwood, right? Yeah. Like they won some huge... Yeah, teams. oh, and Legends at the bike was also massive. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like the Cali, the Cali swing, basically. Legends, um, what's the one at LAPC, Bay? LAPC, Bay 101, mm -hmm. um, Thunder Valley. No, Thunder Valley didn't. Well, that was later. That, that was oh. like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was LAPC, uh, the one at... LA, LAPC, Legends, Legends LAPC, and, and, and uh, Bay 101. Bay 101. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that little uh, collective was like what Cali represented. Then Vegas got four a year in, in Bellagio. One or two? No, Foxwoods had the East Coast back then. Bergata didn't get in until maybe like, uh, I want to say like 2010. Yeah, it was, it was the year, like Bobby Abudi year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. much later. Ah, I could be wrong. Bergata might have always had one. Bergata, when, did, when were they built? Like, when did we first start going there? I mean, we were there in... We were there yeah, for, like, the opening. 2005 or six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, but, yeah, they de I, I'm pretty positive they didn't have WPT whenever they were in the old room. No. So, I think they right. got it once they moved mm -hmm. to the new room, which was probably closer to, like, 2008, nine. It yeah. opened July 2nd, 2003. Okay. Yeah, but they didn't have stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't yet. have poker or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, they had poker downstairs, but I don't know if they had a WPT or not. No, no, that's what we're saying. Until they moved the poker room, they... Yeah, the landscape is so different. Like, I didn't start playing tournaments until, like, after. Like, way after all that stuff was gone. Like, I didn't even have a Doyle Brunson Classic and stuff like that. Like, yeah. that was all gone. And most 10Ks were gone. 10Ks... This is the first time I've seen 10Ks, like, more consistently pop off. Mm -hmm. I think for the last decade... 10Ks were kind of gone. They turned to like more 5Ks, more 3500s, being like the WPTs. Um, and now it seems like they're making a resurgence slowly. And I think a lot of that came from experiments in the Florida market that WPT did, where it was like- Yeah, you know, I think the 3500 price point with re-entry became the, the clear industry standard. Um, I, I also think that like re-entry had a big- part of that mm -hmm. when we were like what we're talking about was all single entry that's mm -hmm. insane there was yeah. no re-entry it wasn't of this like stuff. a thing they, they had like rebuys so they were they were yeah. they were smashing like <laughs> one point one point five million for the win with no re-entry uh yeah but remember they were running a lot of satellites that a lot of satellites what, what happened online to satellites? satellites people don't do them anymore well like, online they, really they, they like would just that. run so many online when online was so also huge, there were no right? prelims so, like, mm. when you would come out to Bellagio, the prelims were the satellites. Wait, there were no prelims? No. I, I don't think so. I mean, LAPC had mass... They always had that big, bolsterous schedule, but that yeah. was unique. Um, I, I'm pretty confident in the no prelim thing because I would have been grinding, like, the smaller stake stuff back then. I, I just wasn't. When I would go to Brigada to play MTTs... So, they did have MTTs prior to switching rooms because uh, uh, I made that final table in 2005. Mm -hmm. But that was... I'm pretty confident that was like pre-WPT. That was like small stuff. They would put a schedule together that was like average buy-in of 1K. It didn't, it didn't culminate in a, a, um, a WPT I don't, main I don't event. think so. Because like, think about it. There might have been, been like a main event, saddies. but maybe it wasn't. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a WPT till eventually the WPT brand right. came in. And 
what that tournament series right. ended up being. Uh, yeah, to give you an example, uh, when Fallsview got WPT uh, for the first time, this must have been like 2007, 8, 9, somewhere in that area. Uh, they had one prelim and they uh, would just like lean on cash games. So the cash game list would be like 100 deep. Same mm -hmm. thing with Bay 101. Bay 101 only ever had one prelim and you had to like text Savage. It was mm -hmm. almost like uh, a private prelim because it would, it would cap. It still exists, sort of. Well, well, and when we were we don't know. Last time. And then yeah. they would run mega satellites, and they'd run super satellites into the mega. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It was, everything was just mm -hmm. a satellite funnel to right. get people to get into to the, the main. main event. Right. Yeah, the prelims were the satellites. Correct. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, People didn't grind tournaments mm -hmm. uh, at an average buy-in level below 10k's. They grinded yeah. satellites to try to play 10k's. Mm -hmm. So Borgata immediately ha got WPTs. Okay. Um, 2003 was their first one. September 2003 was their first one two months after they opened. Oh, wow. Okay. Two months after they opened. Huh? So it always was. I don't know. Probably Amnon Philippi or something. It was uh, 5K with 235 entries. Oh, that's small. Well, I mean, I guess 2003 was like... It was their first Slightly pre-boom. The following mm -hmm. year, I believe it probably was... Probably like 10X'd. So actually, it was 2005 the main went to a 10K. Mm-hmm. So... And they brought it back down to a 35 not till That's way, way later. Did they go to a 15 though at some point? Well, they had a championship no, there. That was, the, that, oh. was the, that was like, there was like a year. There one was, year. Oh, I'm one sorry. Year. I'm sorry. This was the championship that was the 10K. No, no, no. I mean like the actual WPT championship. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it, it was maybe one year, maybe two. Yeah, I don't know. There was, was a, there was a weird period of time where the, it moved from Bellagio to Bergata and then to uh, Florida. And then and now, now I think it's, is it Aria? I think it's back. It's back over here somewhere. I think it's at Aria now. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's it's the win this year. That's that's oh, yeah, the 15k yeah. at the end yeah, of the yeah. year. Um, but it changed because it used to be an invite only. Yeah. Then it, then they opened it. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's tough to keep up. <laughs> but all right, let's get back to the point of you know, the rugging guarantees. Rugging guarantees. Okay. So yeah. um, initially, they were like the stance that I saw on Twitter from Sean McCormick was that they needed flexibility uh, and the ability to like change things on the fly. It seems like he took that stance back mm -hmm. and now his stance is that if they make a guarantee and they don't meet it, that they should be on the hook for the guarantee. Yeah, I think that his second stance is better. <laughs> um, yeah, his initial tweet was basically saying like, listen, if you guys are going to be so... Uh, unrelenting about the staff having certain options to pull guarantees and things of that nature, then guarantees are just going to shrink. Yeah. And I think as a community, it's like, okay, well, we don't care. Like, we don't care if guarantees shrink. Because look at some of the ones that have gotten pulled, right? Like, uh, the one at Orleans was a 75K guarantee or something like that. Like a small buy-in, like 300. No, it, was, it, was, it was a little I bigger think, than that. I think, I think, it, was it, was big, like, I think it was like 500K. It was a big, it was, it was, it was three big or 500K. Yeah, okay. It, was like, it might have been 250 or 500. It was big. Okay, yeah. fair. But like the one at the one at MGM that got cut from 50 to 25k, yeah, was like never really in danger of not getting hit. They yeah. they went over anyway. And that's the whole point. It's like I don't care if you have a conservative guarantee because if it's a popular event, it's going to go way over anyway. Um the they, whole point is that we have to understand like if you're going to draw people into travel for these events and you're using it as marketing uh as a marketing ploy, then we have to understand that that money is going to be there anytime you overlay. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm going to say something that I've experienced. Forget like the marketing and all this stuff. Like if you have a quality event 
we have high quality like the win has super high quality people love their 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 stuff people are going to show up to play your tournament you're not going to be at risk of guarantees also uh when i lived on the east coast the parks big stack series was a must play event for every single player on the east coast that played tournaments and they never had a guarantee and it, they would just smash all of their tournaments uh Conrad, you could probably speak to that too like it never had a guarantee and it was a must play event every other month yes i do want, I, yes but i don't think it was it was a must play because people did come out or whatever but it wasn't the best like they were all each event would get like 100 and up to 150k for first or something along those lines yeah but that was a 300 event well the 300 500 and the 1200 like yeah. all relatively the first place was at least the same yeah um but i do think there was it was because there weren't really any tournaments as well what do you mean they they switched look uh the how the east coast worked was Bergata took one month parks took the next month Bergata took one month parks took the next month that's how it literally just rotated back and forth uh for the entire six months so it was i'm sorry for the entire uh year uh so still think about it it is a 300 dollars event no guarantee with 100k plus for first like that's everyone showing up to play these events so it's it's it was a yeah, I mean, that, series. That, that's, that's, I think, a byproduct of uh, market demand, right? The East yeah. Coast. And we're going to see that resurgence, right? Uh, I, I saw somewhere, Sean, talking about how uh, tournament poker is coming back to the Brigada in a big way. They're mm -hmm. about to run a 1K. With, yeah, with uh, some other but announcements what I'm saying, it's, it's because people enjoyed that tournament. They, the structure was good. The service was good. Like, it, it was a good tournament, similar to the wind doing it on this side of... Oh, well, what I'm kind of saying is it doesn't have to be a good tournament. It's just it's just uh, a byproduct of that market being really true. flush. No one went to Foxwoods. No one cared about That's, that. Foxwoods is very different. difficult to get to. And it doesn't far. draw from the same yeah, market. No, nobody went to MGM at, at, at Washington, D.C. Like That's all like, far for like where we're talking about. That's like an extra three, four hours. Like Parks was very conveniently located. Right, but Borgata is not conveniently located. It no, it isn't. But that's Borgata had the Borgata's the reason, like whatever. It's it's AC, like it's a nice place. I, like, I don't, right, by. if Borgata didn't have a hotel, I don't think that they would have done. Parks doesn't as well. have a hotel either. That's my that's point. The point. They're very that's, close to New York City. They're an hour away from everything. Everything was real quick. Remember, like we literally go home. It might, at it night. might be that. It might be that. But I also think that they. It's like LA. Job. LA doesn't need to put guarantees on anything because everybody lives around the corner. Yeah. Um, but again, like LA is also inconvenient to. Uh, to drive bust and then get stuck. So I do think that they lean a lot more into cash. And I think that they've been uh, very innovative as far as like adding re-entry like that, that was born out of LA poker uh, doing the, the quantums uh, that was also born out of LA poker. But, you know, again, we're, we're talking about like uh, hustler pulling that guarantee. Like that was a part of a quantum, right? So it's like to not hit guarantees whenever you're giving, five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve starting days you know th this is a this is a failure on the institution and we shouldn't be the ones getting punished especially mm -hmm. in those mm -hmm. scenarios right like i am more forgiving of mgm pulling a guaranteed day of for a one a one day event than i would be from somebody pulling a guarantee on flight six <laughs> of a 10 flight series right because like people made decisions through those first few flights based off of expectation yeah. and if you're going to overlay you fucking overlay and sean did come back around to that stance which is why i think sean's in the position that he's in and why i think like we look up to him as as an industry leader right you can't have bad takes on the <laughs> like you can't have bad takes in this community when it comes to 
fucking with our money. And I, I don't mean that in a we're entitled to it kind of way, but I mean it in a way of like, we already let so much go when it comes to the operational side of things, right? We let so much pass as far as like uh, protecting the ecosystem and rake and, uh, you know, all of these things that we just keep having to show up for because we don't have better alternatives. We can let that stuff slide. But when you start now funneling us into venues and then saying like, just kidding on the guarantees, like you guys will basically ensuring that we'll never have an overlay, ensuring that you're never going to get extra value for your dollar, right? That's brutal. Like we're already seeing uh, so many other cutbacks, like, you know, uh, taking away comps from tournament buy-ins, taking away parking, taking away all this stuff where we're getting clipped. Like we're, we're just getting taxed every single step of the way. And then whenever there's finally an opportunity to give a little something back day of, they're just like, not going to happen guys. Sorry. Uh, we expect 40 people to show up for this, not 400. And we're not about to eat a six figure overlay. And to, to their credit and granted, they probably have no choice because of Nevada gaming, but like, uh, WSOP online eats guarantees all the fucking time, mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Right. And I think that it should be more like that where I think with WSOP online, the second that I, hmm, I, I hate to say this cause I'm not positive. It's right. But I think once registration opens, the guarantee's fixed. They, um, they have a minimum amount of people that can. Yeah, that's up, the only way right? that they can get out. And it's, it's, usually, but it's so small. It's small. It's like eight people. Yeah. Once they get eight people, as long as there's eight people when the tournament starts, it just runs. Right. And if they, if right. they want to start doing caveats like that for guarantees live, fine. Mm -hmm. Because like, we're never talking about a situation. Well, I should say fine as long as like, that number is relatively low. Yeah. Right? Like, call it 10% of the guarantee. As long as 10% of the guarantee is, uh, it shows up, then, then they're, they're forced, right? right? So in this instance, it would have been 25K. So as long as 25 people show up, uh, you have to run the event. You have to hold the guarantee. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I get it. Like I saw Paul Campbell was kind of like furiously arguing with, with Kessler and a few others. Oh, actually, that was something very separate. Sorry, I don't mean to bring Paul into this. That was about structure. Yeah. So the, the, this is very irrelevant. doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, let's stick to, to Sean and the poker boss. Uh, you know, his initial take was basically like, look, man, our hands are tied. And I understand where he's coming from because it's, it's, it's upwards down, right? That pressure comes from the top of, yeah, yeah, look, I understand what we did, but you know internally that that was a marketing ploy and we failed. So I'm not about to have you have a six-figure uh, hang-up on you. Like, just take the bad press. Because one thing that's abundantly clear in this space is bad press doesn't really equate to much downfall. So I understand operators kind of sticking to their guns of like, we're not going to give you a fucking penny and we are going to continue to tax you because you guys just keep showing up. And we've made it abundantly clear that like, we can't unify very well. No one's going to start boycotting like fields get softer when boycotts occur. So like it is a real catch 22 and it's very important that we have guys like Sean fighting for us and doing their damnedest to ensure that like this stuff doesn't happen. Uh, I saw the plant kind of like express his disappointment and then ask the question of, well, can we at least have somebody come out publicly and state that the five diamond main event will hold its 5 million guarantee. And I think that's important to bring up because this is the first time five diamonds being run in October, right? They moved because of the WPD championship at the win in December. And we know that it crushes in December. It's end of year. People are looking to, to uh, fire a little bit harder. You know, they, they may have, more uh, profit on their on their 
spreadsheet than they want. They're backing more. Like there's an influx of money that happens at the end of the year. We don't know if we can anticipate that in October, especially when stables and you know people that are shot taking are going to reserve that money for the win in in December. So there is a chance that they don't get it. What what is the five, gar- what's the guarantee? Five million. Five million. So uh, win is triple that. Yeah. yeah. So they need 500 runners. Uh, I mean, I think that's a conservative guarantee considering they've been doing closer to 10 million for the last half a decade. Yeah. But again, like, who knows? Right. Like, if people have a choice between, you know, uh, five diamond and the, and the win, they're going to choose the, right. choose the higher, better. Well, they're just going to choose it for many reasons on top of the. Right. It's just a better room. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a better room for, for the tournament. Better room. It's, it is more towards the end of the year, like Berkey said, so. Unless we you need a tax write-off, then you just buy both. You just go both. Well, but not like, necessarily, so, though. So you're you can't saying, project the next three He's months. essentially saying we need a guarantee on top of the guarantee. Yeah, which is... <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of weird. It's like, okay, we're, yeah, we'll guarantee it again. I don't, I don't you know, it's like, it's, it's weird. It's weird how, like, the, like you said, like, the word just is losing its meaning. It's just like, oh, can you guarantee that your guarantee will be guaranteed? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird right. thing. I wonder, I mean... It's unlikely they don't hit the five mil, right? Like, I think it's low probability. They definitely yeah. hit the five mil. Of course. Well, I, but I'm right. not so sure. How definite? Ah, here we go. <laughs> two to one. Like you wouldn't. Oh, yeah, two you to wouldn't one. Have. You just said it's definite, and then you wanted to say sixty-six percent. There's a definite, and then there's a no, betting market. He just market, wants the odds. Right? <laughs> there's a definite, the and then there's a betting market. Wait, wait, wait. He's laying the odds. He's not. He's not getting odds. Yeah, I think. I think the, the, you know, he just. Wants a lowball your ass. Oh, one. <laughs> you want something? I think that it is probably about 90, oh, 90% or plus that they hit that, I think. I, 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 would, I, I would take that bet. Ooh. You would take? I'd take nine to one. Nine to one? Yeah. On how much? Don't care. I, I think <laughs> okay. it's favorable. Okay. I'll bet you something. Okay. I'm thinking of the number. Okay, that's fine. Uh, fine. I I mean, I think that, yeah, I I, I think that that's close to the right number, Mm -hmm. but I I think that, you know, it's probably somewhere between 1% and 20% that they missed the guarantee. Yeah. Um, And I would happily take 9 to 1, I think. Uh, And yeah, like, it would be frustrating if after day one, they have... 200 runners and don't expect a huge day two turnout which they shouldn't right or 250 runners something along those lines what what happens then like are they going to just put 2.5 million in the prize pool bro like no one's eating that guarantee i'm sorry they're just not (laughs) do you think there's a failure in um the way they estimate these guarantees like there's so many guarantees being canceled well, is, it, is it a failure on the marketing end is it a failure on the the end of like wh- where when they sit down and and you know make these guarantees and they to be estimate fair, it's how not, many it's people. not so many it's not so many but right? there's been a rash of them yes there has right. been, well i think that's because there's permission yeah maybe, right? maybe, we're maybe, not doing right. anything to prevent it right right but it's like it's still we can name yeah. them on one hand but like but like you you know you mentioned how how the bellagio is is it's not it's not a, you know, it's a cash house and it's, it's not structured for, for large fields and that kind of thing. So doesn't, that has to go into their thought process when they're, uh, you know, making these guarantees. 
Yeah. Well, I think like uh, for five diamond main, um, they're just going off past performance, mm-hmm. right? And it's easy to see that they've done 10 million plus for like the last six or seven years. So probably not going to miss. And yeah. that's, that's fair. Yeah. I think they probably struggle a lot with prelims. Because they've always it's like, struggled with prelims right. though. Right. Because you look around town and it's like, there isn't a single place in Vegas that would miss a 250K guarantee on 1100, except the Bellagio. Wynn is sharp, man. They were like, oh, you guys don't do prelims well. We're just going to take the prelims. And, yeah. And they just... Bro, they started their, their prelim, prelim schedule so good that I forgot Five Diamond wasn't there. I was saying that, like, I think that they should be doing... Uh, like, I think they should be adding in satellites and doing all this other stuff just before Five Diamond starts. Mm-hmm. Thinking that, like, the, the actual event was being run there. It's crazy, bro. I don't understand. I mean... It is what it is. Kudos to the win. You know, they understand the market well. And they're just like, hey, we're going to run a 1,600 one mil guarantee this weekend with three starting flights in it. And it, it goes. Yeah, it goes. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild that, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak to that too, with too much authority because I, I really don't know if I were in the position of, like, say, running the Bellagio. I don't know how you do anything about it without the space. It'd be different if you could like get the sports book, right? If, if you had the support of the casino and said like, hey, we're going to give you 60 tables to do whatever you want with in the sports book, which what? is what the win gets for what it's worth. Right, but I remember them having tables they, outside. They did. It. They did it for like two years of the... But that, was in, that year was insane. The, the year I, I remember... It was the biggest five diamond championship. Yeah, ever. because Daniel had like 10 bullets in there. He was yep. literally firing all in blind firsthand. Yep. Bust, rebuy, bust, rebuy. And I'm yep. like, okay, whatever. No, yeah, I, I, I recall. Um, yeah, I think if they had better support where it was like, look, here's 50 tables to do with as you wish, it'd be a hell of a lot easier to say For like, sure. okay, we're really going to go after the win. And then you just like ramp the guarantees up. It's like, okay, win's running a 1,600, 500K today. We're running an 1100 1. 1.5 million. Yeah. Right? And you just get after it and expect 1,500 people to show up because you know that that's possible. But it's tough, man. You got to have to staff it. Staffing's really tough right now. I don't know how the win has done it. The win is kind of unique in this regard that they've been able to handle big field events throughout post-COVID where staffing dealers has been incredibly hard. We saw it at the WSOP this year. They got that money. <laughs> I mean, I assume that they have to be paying better. They got right? that money, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, they, no, they, they just have really good... Dude, they're, they're just a top-class room, man. Like, you go play cash there, it's, it's top-notch. They literally text me like, hey, we're going to get this game off. Can you come in today? Like, who does that? I never right. got a... I never, don't text me when, <laughs> when there's, like, people that they want me to play. Like, well, they don't do that. That's because they have... Game they have runners. other people. Yeah, they have game runners <laughs> doing it. Uh, yeah. I mean, must we, be nice. We, All right, we, we, we can me? get into the politics of, of mm-hmm. high stakes games at another time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of class, have you seen this t shirt? I'm just asking. Wait, is there two of these? A, a There's show? three. Oh, uh, no. By the way, where's yours? I don't know. They only brought me one. You got a rocket, man. You gotta rock it. It's it's. Listen, it's, I come separate. Wait, you wait, wear the same shirt every day anyway. What's wrong? Where I this wear one the same. Day? I literally have worn different shirts. <laughs> no, he has. Berkey, this week, because Berkey's like, hey, you wear black every got, day. You wear black every day. I got mine right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, okay, tomorrow. fine. I'll wear a red one. I'll wear a blue one. He showed up at a cardigan on Friday. Like this kid's, yeah. he's showing up now. I, I respect that. I had a date. Oh. 
Well, we went to go see a uh, movie I already watched. See, that's <laughs> sharp. That's sharp. Go ahead, Bert. You can wear your you can wear your true classic tee whenever you get there. Uh, you know, I, honestly, like I want you to wear it because I don't know about you, but like I struggle a little bit when I buy t-shirts and that I have a long torso. So the ones that fit me really well tend to like kind of reside just below my belly button. I have a long stomach. It goes like this. It just goes like. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. I'll with check these. it out. I'll check it out. You want me to wear it right now? Where's mine? Strip on camera. Let's go. Get them titties. <laughs> Where is it? Is that Let's mine? get those titties yeah, this out. This is mine. I don't know. That's too small. Yeah. <laughs> medium. You don't fit in a medium? Hell no. <laughs> Give me that schmedium. I got it. No, um, you don't. <laughs> medium fit me just fine. Don't you tell me, young man. I got to pop it. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly, Conrad. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off trueclassic.com with the code ONLYFRIENDS. Stay classy with True Classic. I like them. They're comfortable. They are comfortable. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Five Diamond Man. Are you? You said you're playing Shin. Uh, they got me. They got me on four. Uh, one bullet or max? No, 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 no. Chill. I'm firing one bullet and then we'll see what happens. I, I can't. I can't, man. I'm down like two buy-ins. <laughs> <laughs> in the last two, in the last ten days, it's hard to recover out here. These guys are getting good. Even though I did three with the king nine off one time and it came king king three. Oh. I was so mad at watching that. It's just three bets king nine off. Like, Berkey's like, you know how many times I three bet king nine off? It never goes king king. <laughs> every, every, time, every time I have a like, low three frequency three bet like that, I look at it and I go, just don't do it, man. You're going to miss and they're going to have a real good. Like you do it because they fold sometimes, right? Like that's the whole idea behind it. It's like, oh, this is, this is a 12% three bet here. With Listen, this hand, you know what? Because I'm, they fucking fold. It's twenty five percent. That's fine. for you, for you, not for me. Listen, they don't fold. This is what enough. I'll tell you guys: of the, something has happened at ten twenty eight. I haven't seen a three. I haven't seen a race fold in a week. No one's race folding anymore. No one gives a fuck about your three bet. Mm -hmm. They call, and we're gonna see a flop. I don't know what happened. They must That's because they stopped opening off suit hands, man. And you don't fold suit hands to a three bet, so they just never fucking fold. They don't fold, man. I haven't seen a fold in, I'm telling you, man, 10 days in a row. Like, raise, three bet, call, call, never fold. 0% fold frequency. You got to see it. Yo, literally. You got to see it. This, this is, look, this is what I've been talking about, man. I, I built my entire career off of being sticky. And being sticky just meant never folding to aggression, right? Mm -hmm. You just, you hang around, you call them down with bottom pairs. Now that's just like theoretically correct. So suddenly I haven't changed a goddamn thing and I'm out here just punting off fucking stacks and they're like, <laughs> that was a really good fucking line, man. That was a really good. I, I understand you lost a thousand big blinds, but like <laughs> that was, you know what? You're too good for this game. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to give your seat up to somebody who uh, doesn't put a thousand big blinds in with one pair. Okay, uh, too good, just just too fucking good. Because now, people that yes. we want to play with are people that fold. Just fold, man. Just fold. I'm like, no one folds anymore. You are seeing a showdown. No one wants to give up red line. It's just everyone's like, fuck that red line through the roof. You just have to bet bigger, man. You gotta you gotta work in the three x pot sizings to your fucking nah, to your strat. I'm scared, dude. I'm you, down to buy it. No, the thing, the thing is, like, you have it. You just only have it on river. You got to bring it to turn and flop. Sometimes you got a 3x pot jam, you know? You're Sometimes you just got to do it. Like, like, whatever. Oh, we have 10 SPR? I'm all in. 
I'm yeah. s- I'm fucking scared, man. Landon talks about that in, uh, in his course. Even in his three bets. That's right. Landon, Landon does talk about that in his course on how to defend three bets, Christian. Exactly. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe you should watch his course. No. Uh, I know how to defend the three bet. I'm saying they do too now. It's scary. Mm. Okay? They don't fall to the three bet. Nah, you're not doing it right. I'm half the three bet bigger. I'm three betting bigger. They're opening a 60. I'm going to 300. Fuck that. <laughs> It's all coming full circle, man. I can't. I, 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 I was very frustrated when, when people started studying hard and game theory became a thing. But I, I kind of chuckled because everything was small. It was all small and checking and like we just got to rivers more. And I was just like, whatever. Like people are bad. I'll find ways to maneuver around that. And you did. You just started check raising a whole bunch more. You started like, you know, just calling lighter. Like, oh, you're going to lay me 10 to 1 on the river? Like, fuck you. I have ace high. <laughs> Beat it. I don't care. And then they show up with like six high and they're just like, what are you doing calling me with ace high? I my, play aces the same way. Yeah, I play. My book at home told me that like I just do this with my entire range and what the fuck. Are, so it's just like, okay, well, everybody still stinks. Then then they realize you're allowed to bet bigger because it's an, un, it's an unlimited betting game. And the pot size, the pot size bets started coming in. I'm like, fuck, man. I remember whenever I used to just be able to pot and bluff, people would fold. <laughs> we talked about it all the time. Now people are getting resistant to pot size bet. Now that's not even the big bet anymore. Now, <laughs> <Pot is normal. laughs> now it's like, yeah, pot is just pot is just like what the turn is going to be all the time. Bro, Imagine in like five years when they're just calling three X pots like it's Tortoise, nothing. They <laughs> are. Tortoise, you need to start playing bigger. I know. That's all I hear. <laughs> you got you to gotta play bigger to respect. So now, now here we are. Everybody's getting back to the fucking massive bets. A big bet Berkey, who's been doing this for a goddamn decade and a half, is getting dwarfed mm-hmm. by some young shit who's been running Sims for the last year and a half. He's been waiting for the Sim to finish for 18 months on 10x pot shoves. <laughs> and it finally, finally converged. It finally finished. It finally converged. And he and he's like, the, there's two hands he could do it with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there are two hands that he gets the pure 10x pot jam with. And now he has all of the keys of the universe on This is what's going to happen. It's going to just and turn And he can't into, get in the game. Right. It's just going to be, <laughs> you're just going to limp, limp pre-flop and then just open jam the flop. I'm, uh, look, I'm telling There's you like this. 15x pot. I'm coming back to sitting a thousand blinds deep and opening 5x. It, it's just the way nobody's gonna everybody has pre-solved ranges pre-flop exactly what are they gonna do stop playing king nine suited to 5x yeah. fuck no yeah. yeah they are no they're not i'm telling you i represent the mass no the, <laughs> you, you open 5x i would i'm probably gonna fold almost always and then three by you sometimes oh good <laughs> what did i just do i got a good player to no longer play with me mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not that good dude i play two five here we go <laughs> Wow, that sounds terrible. I'm in a game with like six <laughs> six fish and a good player. And if I open 5X, the good player is telling me he's just going to three bet me in four. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds pretty dreamy. <laughs> Your VPIP just went down to seven. Okay, oh, I could live with that. <laughs> that's not too bad for me, is it? Let's I fucking guess that's gamble. that's pretty good. I'm going to try that today. <laughs> I'm going to try it today. Just throw it out to 5X and they're all going to look at each other like, is shit drunk? Yep. Like... I said this to Rass when we were playing Poker, Outdoor, or Poker After Dark. I was opening, uh, I think I was, we were playing three, I think we were playing three six. And I was opening to, uh, I was opening the 3K. And he's like, that's big. I'm like, I don't care if we're playing 510 or 5,000, 5, 10,000. I'm opening the 3K. Or, or sorry, 501K. I'm opening the 3K. And he goes, oh, okay, great. Like, let's play 510. I go, as long as we're 100,000 deep at 510, no limit, I'm still opening the 3K. And he goes, you'll get mashed. I go, are you going to fold queen jack suited? 
<laughs> and he just looked at me funny and I'm like, like your range is your range. You're just not going to start giving up. Even though it's technically correct, it's a live game. It's too slow. You're going to die. Right. <laughs> You're going to die of exhaustion. Yo, I fucking love our chat, man. They're like, Chin's going to go try that today and he's come back crying about losing five binds. <laughs> you guys are drunk if you think Christian would ever be into a game for right. five binds. Yeah. yeah. Like that book bag is packed and fucking out the door before he stuck three. I think I think three point five is my. Yeah, he's like. I'm just like I'm just I can't man. He's not he's not only three and a half binds like this game sucks. I got a movie date like. I, it, that's yo, how I keep my mental game. I'm yo, dear mamacita, hop on Netflix. <laughs> Pick something out you like. That's cool, man. I mean, he doesn't take him to the jewelry store or anything. He sends him a text. He goes, "Yo, get on Netflix. Pick out something you like." <laughs> You're learning. You're fucking learning, Bert. Let's go. Oh, Next man. thing you know, Berkey's gonna be in a relationship. No, what the fuck is this emote? Don't hold your breath. Is that's that... that's me yelling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we gave Melissa the day off today. She better be making new emotes. We have like room for another ten or fifteen. People have to join, right? They have to join if they want those. They emotes? do have to join. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna let Lamana do all of the plugs. Why do you? Why do you? Oh, I have. Uh, this is actually a good question. Why do you think it's so different at lower stakes? Like you. Like you play two five and someone opens to twenty five, like it's really not abnormal. It's so normal. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, but if you go play five ten and you open to fifty, they all think I, you're an idiot. Yeah, I think it's just the monetary risk, right? Like uh, at twenty or at two five, like the amount of money that you're playing for is almost never going to be a lot of actual fiscal dollars to right. most people in the game. Right. Right. They spend twenty five dollars on stupid shit all the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. but when you start to get like five, ten, or ten, twenty, like now you're just putting in fifty dollars preflop with a hand, or a hundred dollars, or whatever, right? And th this is obvious by like three bets in two five. So a twenty five dollar open is pretty standard, but when it gets three bet to like a hundred, people like yeah, tighten so way, way, way up. They overfold, right? right? Which is yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, but it also kind of makes some sense if you're. And that's the other thing. Two five is like the one game that doesn't structurally play a hundred big blinds deep very often. No. It's usually a 200 big blind cap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think Bellagio um, is like the only place. Bellagio is the only place in town, yeah. Yeah. I think they do it to protect the 510 game. So Bellagio's structure is actually pretty nice. Although it's a little bit weird. I was talking about this, Burke. I don't know if this is uh, a thing, but like there is no smooth transition to 1020 mm -hmm. uh, because 1020 plays so big at Bellagio. Yeah. Where it's like 510, 1500 cap. Then it's like, 1020 with the $20 big blind nanny and the 40 is on I would say roughly 30% of the games. Yeah, so maybe like the game maybe is, at least half the games. We were talking about the other day the game is like 4x the size. So you it's have like, to It's it's not a, like how do you move up to 10 You have to go somewhere else. But there is play, not there is no real other well, If you play 510 at, at like win. But what I'm saying is there's no 1020. There's no real 1020. Like it's just 510 and then 10, yeah. 20, 40 with the $20 big blind nanny, which is fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. So, like, is that, what do you think about that? It's just when you say it's thing. huge, relative to what? Rel okay, so let's say you're a 5'10. Like, player. just relative to regular 5'10, you're saying? Just moving up. Yeah, how do you move up? How do you move yeah. up in stakes? It's hard. Yeah, I think that the, uh, I agree with you. I think that, I mean, there's, there's always been a big problem with um, the Bellagio specifically developing a feeder system into the 10, 20. Because it's always been 1020 is where it becomes uncapped, 510 is where it's capped, but they can't really do anything else other than slightly increase the cap at 510, yeah. which they did do. It used to be 1,000, now it's 15, right? 
um, the, the, the issue being that if they have two uncapped games, they experiment with this for a short period of time. It, it just cannibalizes the one above, yeah, yeah. right? People would rather play deeper at 510 for sure. than play stronger yeah. players at 1020, right? So that part becomes difficult. I think the way that you, you, you bridge the gap as best you can is you try to mirror the structures as best you can. So 510 should be playing like 2K cap with an ante. Mm. That, that should just that be the sense. regular 510 game there. Yeah, right? I, I like that. Uh, like 5'10 with a $10 big blind ante. Yeah, and if but it's isn't a, that a, wouldn't that make it a big jump then from their two five hundred dollar or hundred big blind cap? It's probably to the time to, it's probably time to evolve the two five to a one k cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. If yeah. you if yeah. you make they have that, have to right because right. because then the jump is is between the two. Right. Five one and three five. is a rake trap. Nobody's graduating out of it anyway. Right. Uh, two five uh, in its current form is a little bit of a rake trap, but if you increase the buy in depth to a thousand, that's why most two five games are. Uh, 1k cap instead of 500 because the rake becomes a lot less notice noticeable mm-hmm. um if if you and, and like you know it it thrives better also a lot of those rooms don't spread 510 so they don't have yeah. to worry about graduating um uh, but yeah if you increase the buy-in there to to 1k cap um increase the 510 to a 2k cap introduce the ante get people used to playing that structure anyway which it should be um and then you know you can basically have a couple versions of the 510 running and this is important too because there are days where like Bobby's room will cannibalize the 1020 and it won't get off. Yeah. So it would be important for the 510 then to be a 510-10 with a potential 20, right? Like where you can just get the 20 straddle on pretty consistently. Uh, Basically, I I think, you know, this is up to the regs to start to pressure the floor to change their structure. But it's also on people like, uh, I'm not sure who the program room manager is now that Mike left, um, but whoever took over. Uh, as well as Sean to like have a little bit of oversight here as the the global uh, the global guy at at, at MGM. Um, I think his job, though it may not be that important to the people above him, that Bellagio operates in a certain way or Aria operates in a certain way. I think it's pretty critical to the MGM brand that certain rooms are incredibly strong, right? Like you want the Brigada to be an incredibly strong tournament stop. You want Bellagio to be an incredibly strong high-state cash room. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you want to create a a system where people are flowing through that ecosystem from bottom to top. And then Aria, you want it to be the VIP experience, the luxury stop, right? Where uh, it's okay if they never get 510 there. It's okay if they just read 1325 and then 50100 or 200400, right? Because it's... It's lavish. It's a smaller room. It's a it's a boutique almost. Yeah, yeah, that makes you know? sense. Um, I, I think that that's the way you want to cater. You want to have your high roller scene there. Uh, I think they make a mistake sharing it with Bellagio, and you can see that in the turnouts. Aria runs one that gets twenty six people. Bellagio runs the same event. It gets ten. You know, um, and that that I don't know why, right? Because it's, it's the it's, same pool. Yeah, but it's it's such a nice like I, I'm picturing. You know, I'm not in that scene, but it's like. They stay at the Sky Suites, you know, they... Like, Those are the people that travel, but, like, why is Sean Winter showing up at Aria and not at Bellagio? That type of thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Right, I don't know why. But it, it could be a byproduct of what you were about to say, where yeah. if the whales aren't there, they're not coming. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. Bellagio doesn't have that same, like... Right. Speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think about these things. I was talking to my nephew about this today, and I think it's really important to understand. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a tangent, but I promise you I'll bring it, I'll bring it around full circle. Uh, he's 23 and just really trying to figure out life, right? Like he's examining a ton of different life paths. He's, 
He's dabbled with uh, being a mechanic. He's very passionate about cars. He's dabbled with, uh, you know, doing some like digital editing, some video videography, stuff like that. Uh, he's dabbled with like fitness and nutrition. And now he is friends with somebody who owns a barber shop. So he's dabbling in uh, becoming a barber and learning the skill set. And what I said to him is that I think that's great. You should be spending your 20s investing all of your time and energy into developing skills, right? Not worrying about the monetary return on it because it's about playing the long game. You don't care about what you earn in the next year, three years, even five. You care very much what you earn 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And I think the education system is a little bit broken in that regard because for me personally, like I was funneled into computer science because I had an aptitude for math. And the selling point was you will come out of college making 60K a year right? Which was in 2004, a very healthy income. Now it's probably, you know, maybe double that, something like that. So uh, the intelligent people get funneled into uh, high floor jobs, right? But at 21, you shouldn't give a fuck about the floor. You only care about the ceiling, right? And what I was talking to him about was like, look, I think this is great that you're developing this new set of skills. It'll serve you for sure. But it's capped, it's incredibly capped, right? Like becoming a barber, the, the scale to this is opening shops. And that's a lot of fucking work for a skill set that may get replaced by a robot down the line. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not that hard to think that we have, we have robots driving trucks cross country. Like it, I'm sure they could give me a good fade. We have what? <laughs> what driving who? Robots driving trucks. We have robots doing, uh, doing surgery, right? Like, like mm. heart surgery. I'm pretty sure we could get a pretty precise fade out of, out of a machine somewhere down the line. So it's like, okay, so not only are you capped at your potential earn, but also it may just be a skill set that gets completely wiped away and replaced. It's like the way you need to think about developing skills is not what I can earn with this set of skills, but how does this set of <laughs> skills scale? So, uh, you know, I, I gave the example of like computer programming. So it's like, okay, off the cuff, it seems like, okay, well, uh, if I know how to code, then I can become a programmer and a programmer is going to earn X and the ceiling could be like maybe 5X, right? And that's a nice living, but that's not the point. Understanding how to code, even if you're just self-taught, doesn't mean that you have to become a computer programmer. It can allow you to develop websites. It can allow you to um, develop tools and apps and all of these things that can then be scaled into other areas of business, right? Yeah. There's an entrepreneurial aspect that can branch off of this certain set of skills. And I was like, you really need to think in those regards because though I don't think, uh, I, I think this, this skill set will serve you well in the short term and you'll do well financially. It's going to do nothing for you in the long term. You need to be able to develop skill sets that you can otherwise leverage in an entrepreneurial way. Yeah. I was talking to a lot of people when I was back in Jersey on, uh, because they work in private equity um and i was like okay like how like what kind of people do you look for and they're like <clears throat> basically those guys that work in private equity these are like really high net worth individuals um the firm basically in that sort of field are looking for unicorns basically people that know a little bit about coding know about media know how to communicate with uh, socially with people make deals no negotiate like they like this like VC space, private equity space are looking for people that have knowledge in almost all areas and enough to like not, I wouldn't, I don't want to say get by, but enough to 
be understood in all those spots yep. and understand the landscape in all those spots. Right. You want to be able to communicate to people who are above you in this skill set, mm -hmm. but you know enough exactly that you can demonstrate value exactly and now leverage that into some other sort of entrepreneurial task. It's true. Like they're like, okay, do you understand media? Do you understand coding? Do you understand communication? Do you understand all these things as well as you know, the primary things that they're working on, which is like creating DCF models and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's very important. Uh, real quick, want to give a huge shout out to uh, Matt Plumley for gifting five Thank you, subs. Matt. We appreciate you there, sir. Thanks, um, but yeah, so this whole notion of uh, consi being considerate <laughs> about where you invest your time in, uh, in a way that scales. Like I, I said, you know, it's easy for you without putting much thought into it to dedicate yourself to fitness and nutrition. Because even though you don't think of it this way, that scales, mm -hmm. right? That's a skill set that will serve you for life. And it branches out beyond that. You can better your family. You can better your relationships. You can better the people around you simply by dedicating some amount of time daily to fitness and nutrition, right? So that is an obvious one that scales without even thinking of it in those terms. This idea of thinking in scale, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm different or that maybe I just like am older and wiser, but like this is the way that my brain's kind of wired. It's the way I've always seen the world. It's, it's why I spent my 20s risking so fucking much in hopes that by the time I got to this point, I'd be a little bit more well off. And, you know, by and large, I got lucky and that is the case. But uh, I, I do think it's also a byproduct of having this long-term vision the idea of the infinite game, right? Simon Sinek wrote a good book called Infinite Game. And it's it, the, the difference between an infinite mindset and a finite mindset is short-term, long-term, right? It's, it's, um, it's sacrifice versus uh, trying to be somebody who like gobbles everything up in the near term, right? And I, I think that that's very critical whenever we're talking about how it scales into poker or, or sorry, how it applies into poker because a lot of the people that are running this room probably aren't thinking in terms of what's my room going to look like in five years, right? They're just trying to increase the bottom line day over day, month over month, year over year in order to secure their job, in order to ensure that uh, the people above them are happy. And oftentimes when you're in that middle management position, that does feel like the role that you're dedicated to. But the truth of the matter is both for your career path and for the, uh, the oversight that you have in this, in this short period of time, Thinking in that infinite mindset of scale will propel you in both areas, right? So if you're in middle management, you don't want to be in middle management forever. Or if you do, fine, but you're going to be. Like you've hit your ceiling if that's the case, right? If you actually want to go up the corporate ladder and, and move, then you have to be able to project five years into the future, 10 years into the future for the job that you currently have and figure out like how you're going to offer value in such a way that maybe now the numbers are going to remain a little bit flat and your performance isn't going to jump off the charts, but 18 months from now, everybody's going to be wildly impressed. And four years from now, they're going to be looking to promote you because you've done such an excellent job at what you've done, right? And I think that poker lacks that at the, at the corporate level in a lot of arenas. We talk about the marketing aspect a ton and the media outlet stuff. Um, I think that that's the easiest point of failure that we can turn attention to and say like, no one in that sector thinks with an infinite mindset. They're all just on the sell for clicks, uh, try to accumulate some amount of funding for now in order to get to the next day. Uh, and I hope that, you know, you guys can speak to this uh, a little bit more. Um, 
working with me day in and day out and also just like your own thoughts to it but I would hope that that's everybody's vision with only friends mm-hmm. right we didn't start this podcast because we want to talk five days a week on the mic forever right we started this podcast because or at least I would hope so anyway because we think that 12 months from now 24 months from now 36 months from now this could blow up right exactly yeah <laughs> fuck you grinning at <laughs> I really thought you just wanted to talk, dude. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Me. He just wanted to bring arguments to his friends. Yeah. Uh, well, I heard that, I heard that, you know, Ben was, Hanks thing, and I was yeah. Brent Hanks, and I'm like, yeah, I thought that's what we were doing. He was like, that's why I was going to bring all my friends. This way I can just argue with them I, all the, out there. The truth is, I thought you were getting older, and instead of doing it at night, you wanted right. to do it at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. I mean, I did think that there would be an entertainment value provided to everybody, but the truth of the matter is, if we're really getting to the core of the 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 mission statement of only friends podcast why it was truly started right like the absolute driving force it was to pay off conrad's tab it was a hundred percent a means to an end We're to get need, this guy uh, out of hawk. five million subscribers right if if everybody who subscribes to us became a member for a year i think conrad would be free and clear oh baby everybody that subscribes it would be about 200k a month in revenue <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah, about two million. I think that would get you free and clear. What do you think? You you could make it on two million, right? Um, I don't think you'd be getting paid back yet at two million. I honestly, maybe four. Legitimately, like to the three of you. Uh, well, actually, more to Brian and and Christian. Do you think if Conrad was gifted two million tomorrow, that he would he would stave off being broke for the rest of his life? No. (laughs) No. No, I think you're gonna say the rest. I think you're gonna say the rest of the year. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I take one million. This is the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be 100 percent honest. This is what's gonna happen. Conrad will either have 20 million, yes, or he will no longer have the two million. Okay, but the problem is, no, I would take how? one million, and one million would go away. Away where? Where it always goes away. <laughs> and then, <laughs> bro, means. you don't have to hide away. anything. This is a tax-free two million. It goes, okay. it goes, it's hidden for me. <laughs> right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Stuffing it under a mattress no, until you b- dust off the first million isn't exactly a financial plan. No, 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 no. You know, there'll just be one million in action. Let's just say that. There'll be one million in action immediately. Now, now when you say in action. When <laughs> El you say, Chapo got it. <laughs> when, when you say in action, do you, in your heart of hearts, believe that that action has a plus EV number attached to it or a negative EV number attached to it? Depends on what I feel like doing that day. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I, It doesn't, like, I've never, depends on what's going on. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I think that, that, I think we're getting the to Yankees The Yankees might be fucking playing. If the Yankees are playing, it's obviously plus EV. I don't know what to tell you. I think we're getting to the crux of the problem here. Uh, <laughs> I confidently don't think that he would have 20 million. <laughs> like, I think the he luck could. factor is too high. A lot nah. of people get lucky though too. Like I've also been through. Like, well, that's that's my concern of, is that you've been through you've been busto to robust to robusto to busto enough <laughs> that I would think if you got handed two million tomorrow, <laughs> you would finally say like, okay, new high score, we can chill. No. Oh man, that tab <laughs> just keeps getting bigger. Like, <laughs> who the fuck am I chilling for? <laughs> but like, if he got to twenty million, then he would be like, ah, fuck it, I got twenty million. Let's what, what are right, we gonna okay. do? What are we gonna get? Okay. Are we gonna gamble us twenty million? Right, right. So God, if you had yeah, t- like life goes on, you just make sure you like. If you had twenty million, do you think that you could stave off being broke forever? That I hope. Twenty million? Yeah. Yeah. 
You think? Yeah. I think I think you could. It's expensive buying all those fucking Yeezys, man. Yeah, don't talk about my motherfucking closet. He'll buy a piece Jealous of Yeezy. He'll buy a piece. He'll have like yeah, 0.5%. He'll have 0.5% of the company. I was no. going to say, like, he might be just a, a vested owner at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, look, I mean, you have to respect it, too. Like, the fact that someone's willing to just fire and, and create, like, wealth for real life is, is strong. Like, people are too conservative. Oh, uh, no. Trust me. I'm, I'm all aboard the Conrad train of let's get it popping. Yeah. Um, I just... I just wish there was a board of trustees who could kind of oversee uh, what would pop Conrad up. LLC, like yeah, like I like, don't do nothing crazy now. Like, uh, like I well, that's because uh, the tab is a little bit more restricted than your your pockets when you're flush. No, 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 no way. But it's like, like I haven't. Yeah, like like the Conrad board of trustees. You, like, the, like the thing is, like it's so funny because you have no <laughs> idea who Conrad is when it comes to that type of sense. Like you have literally less than zero idea. Of which sense? Uh, psychopath gambling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you have less. Wait, like, 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 like I you, see the conservative you version. You come off of this like this like you think you know you have no idea. <laughs> like you have z- less than zero. Right, like you've matured through each of the iterations have, of going broke. <laughs> By so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Chin was there for level one. Right, like level, yeah, level, level, level three, one. level three, level three. Level, level one was was all negative edge gambling, for sure. Level one was blackjack online, probably. Yeah, that's that negative, negative edge gambling. Edge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, compounding negative edge too, like coming out rapidly. Yeah, it was okay. It was all their money. <laughs> by the, by their money, some of that was my money too. Yeah, his too. Uh, <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> That's the yeah. oh, that's the original tab, bro. <laughs> it was online blackjack. I'm so happy so that tab has not count. moved to you. Conrad has like a six pack of tabs. I don't know what you're talking about. Nah, <laughs> he's over I, his, his that's why I switched to Pepsi. His tab uh, of mine is cleared. He's, he, he, I he cleared only it. owe you and only have two. Oh, only two. That, hey, and they're not big either. Well, yours isn't big. Well, you have bigger. I, okay, so as a Close. man uh, as a man who thinks in scale, I'm not thinking about the tab tab in its current state. He's thinking about the tab, the tab in the five years. Right. right, I'm thinking of the five-year plan of the tab, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's not like the, I, I don't have an anticipation of the tab, like, regressing here. You know, it's like, what, so funny, what, bro. what's so the funny. year three projection Listen, of the tab? Man, ta- you know, Connie, at the end of this summer, Connie's going to be flush again, and you're going to have your tab money back, and Connie's going to have, like, 200 stacks. When, when he won all the money at the World Series, he literally just walked up to me and handed me 15000 and he goes, I think I owe you this. <laughs> Was he right? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't keep track. I just, I, was clear. I just trusted him to make it good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Obviously, it was right. I had you fucking 15000 <laughs> My Tammy's in 15000 right now. I, I mean, I feel confident that he didn't short me, at least. Uh, yeah, you know, so he might have over. He may have overpaid. You're have another, this, that's it. Yeah. He wins every actually, other year. Actually, Berkey, can I take out a PP loan? I, I was just about to say, like... <laughs> I think maybe you're fucked up by like not getting this structured in some sort of formal way. Like we could have just maybe gotten a Conrad PPP out of all this. Yeah, sure. You know, pay that tab right, goddamn. Yo, down. Beans, hit me up. <laughs> um, I need, I need some. You know, oh, that's that's you something I need some coaching. Right, let's, let's to wrap up. To wrap up. Um, so Joey returns tonight. Oh, what, he is what, back. Yeah, tonight. Okay. So what do we think that looks like? And uh, just kind of like, what do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I imagine he's gonna go over the tweets. Right. I, I imagine. I don't know. Do you think there's a world where Vertucci goes on there next? Just does the I, podcast well, tour? I think Vertucci releases a pod today or tomorrow. I think tomorrow. Today's uh, Tuesday. Oh, yeah. he put yours out yesterday, though. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was good. It was really 
Um, what? So what do we think? What do we think? You think he's, you think he's just going to be like... I mean, I think... I assume he's going to go over uh, the conversation that we had with... Yeah, I would imagine. I... I yeah, I don't know. I, I imagine that's going to be one of the bigger talking points. I don't know that a lot's broken in the case otherwise. I mean, um, you obviously haven't seen Twitter. No. Yeah. Um, Bertucci just said that he knows who Poker Karen is. Who fucking cares? Exactly. Why is that important? <laughs> what the fuck are you investigating a troll on Twitter for whenever you have a goddamn... I think they just brought it to him. Who that, cares? That's, but that, but that's who? It's, the the it's security that... team that he had. Why are they looking at the Poker Karen? Why are they looking at everybody? <laughs> It's in that like emergency fucking format that he uses, you know, yeah. the fucking paper. Bro, someone needs to get a hold of this man's Twitter. <laughs> didn't he, didn't like he you say, hired a PR team, man. Put it to fucking use. Stop, didn't he man, say yesterday? But I don't want to start the shit. You're supposed that. to have an investigation going on about something and you're worrying about who the fuck Poker Karen is. Yeah, I think it's because they brought it to him. Like the yeah. security team just brought it to him oh, and he, he was oh, like, man, oh, he sounds bored as fuck. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, I gotta tell you this right now. If I had, if I had somebody who has a microphone five days a week accusing me of strong arming and or uh, leveraging information, and then that backfired on me, the last god thing, goddamn thing I would be doing is going on a fucking witch hunt for an internet troll. Well, look, <laughs> like I would be trying to find some fucking cheating in my goddamn room. <laughs> someone, someone said like Eric, Eric on, on the chat said it's a giant troll account, but also the hardest defender of Robbie. So some chance it's relevant. Uh, don't know, but I think maybe that's what it is. I mean, it's that feels hardest. like a stretch, but obviously that would be great for, for everybody involved if somehow... I, well, I see the Poker Karen uh, account all the time, and I think it used to be a Kessler Karen account. <laughs> Karen Kessler? Or Karen Kessler or something I, like that. There might be two accounts, I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought that... Because I haven't seen the Karen Kessler account in a long time, yeah. so I assumed that it, it kind of merged into one. Um, but I think that... You know, it, it seems like it would be a pretty big stretch to find out that uh, this person is rip. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that even if we did find that out, like somehow that that's relevant. It, yeah. it you does, know what I mean? It does look like it's the same person. Yeah. I, I can't find Karen Kessler. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think it just emerged. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, to me, this is a non-story. Uh, I think there are bigger things to talk about in the world and even bigger things to talk about in this investigation. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Joey. Obviously, we'll have a reaction to it tomorrow as that's how this news cycle spins. Um, I don't really have any expectations, though. I don't think... It, maybe Robbie comes on again? Uh, what does she have left to say? I don't think Robbie... Uh, she's I, I don't think Robbie has much left to say, but... I, Especially, I, she came off really well the last time. Like, yeah, she I, came I, off I really not. well. I think that should be... I mean, definitely going to talk about where she took the lie detector test. I guess. Stuff yeah, like that, that. That, well, that, he, he was talking about it last time. Yeah. He's who I saw the image from initially. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm curious. I'm definitely going to, I'm going to give it a look. Um, I think I heard something about Berkey going on tonight. I'm not sure. Oh, no one told me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nobody told me, but I'll, I'll be, I'll be happy to get in there. I mean, I, I'm not, obviously I'm not afraid to speak on this shit. Like I got nothing to hide. <laughs> K KL says Robbie always has more to say. <laughs> That's true. The That's best true. Part Let's about get drunk Robbie on there. She's a good time. The best part about fucking Joey saying that he was coming back yesterday um, on Twitter, um, he basically said that he was going to be discussing um, Haralabob on Max Pay Monday. Mm -hmm. And Bob goes and answers. He's like, 
I love it that you just think I'm clear to speak to you, like come on the um, live stream every Tuesday or something. <laughs> and he, he, I mean, to be fair, Harald Bob did kind of uh, insinuate that he likes the format of the show and yeah, that no, they he, should do this more often. He literally goes back and he says, I'm not saying that I won't be there. But. Right. right. <laughs> I hope I hope that, uh, you know what? If Joey wants to get into another investigation, he can figure out uh, who from the deep camp sent the fucking... Ooh. Sent the tape Damn. to uh, Vertucci. Damn. Somebody's going to catch some fucking fists the next time they're around. Hey, yo. Whoa. Hey, yo. And with that. I'm just saying. We are out. No. <laughs> we're not out. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what we need? One more ad? Yeah, we got one more ad here. <laughs> Support from the Only Friends podcast has come from True Classic. True Classic has the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding them. Sorry. Finding the right t-shirt is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight in the middle or look way too big and boxy. It's time to go all in on True Classic. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get the absolute best deal they have to offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the code ONLYFRIENDS at trueclassic.com. True Classic, when you look good, you feel good. Right. You're going to wear a True Classic when you um, throw those fists? Yo, stop. We're trying to... <laughs> On that note, uh, please like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate you guys. Leave some, uh, leave some love in the comment section. If you haven't already, feel free to join the membership. Uh, you get emotes with that. Some announcements uh, each month. We'll be giving a free preview of the Only Friends uh, Poker Out Loud season as that comes out. So we got a lot in store for you guys. Uh, we appreciate all the support. We'll be back same time tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you all then. Peace. Later.